With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, Maka, good afternoon and welcome to Sports Central. Great to have you. Thanks for having me on. Mate, uh, Unite Round, it's coming to, or it's, it's in Sydney for the very first time. You've been around football for a long time. You've been around the A-League for a long time. What, what do you make of this whole Unite Round concept and, and what do you love about it? Well, the fact that it's football, football, football over a weekend <laughs> for both the men and women is, is, is something that I can get my head around and love quite easily. Yeah. Um, look, I think it's a really good idea. Obviously, it came off the back of you know, grand final decisions in the past and they've come to a compromise, which I think was a great thing from both the APL and New South Wales government um, to bring every, all the clubs together and have all of the teams, men and women, in one, one weekend in Sydney um, just to have a real festival of football, really. I think it's a great idea. I think if they continue with it each year, it could get better and better. And I think next year we'll probably be in Sydney again. And then I'd lo- I would love to see other states stick their hand up and say, well, this is a really good concept and, and let's let's do it and get people travelling around the country and, um, yeah, let it travel around the country and have, have football for everyone. And I think that's a really good point. It's, um, you know, the, the crowds weren't huge last night, uh, but no doubt there'll be a big one at, at Allianz Stadium when Sydney FC play there tonight. Should be a good crowd there. But this is something that the league is going to have to build on as well. And hopefully not just year one, but two, three, four is when this, this continues to grow. Well, that's it. It always takes time to build uh, something that's uh, what I think is a, is a good concept. Um, it's not going to go gangbusters straight away, in my opinion. You need to build it up and people really need to see what it's like. But it was really good last night to see back-to-back games. We saw Western Sydney supporters there watching the game beforehand. We saw MacArthur fans staying behind watching the Western Sydney City game. So it was that real good family feel as well that you know, we're all here just to watch football together and we all love the game. And um, look, I think if they really work at it and advertise it well over the next few years, it could really grow into something really big and really positive. And the real point of difference where the A-League has with their Unite round as opposed to what the NRL done is, has done with the Magic round and, and the AFL with, with Gather round is that we have the men and the women, all the teams coming together as, as the two leagues on the one weekend in the one city. Well, that's it. You know, it's the first time in any code that they've done all of the, the men and women together at the same in the same city. Uh, we saw last night them at different venues, but over the course of the weekend, there'll be uh, women's games and men's game at the same venue. So it's a, a real crossover of the crowds as well, you know. So maybe people who haven't seen much of the women's game or much of the men's game because they, they support the other um, the other side, they get to see that. And hopefully, you know, that just helps them, you know, fall in love with the game and support their teams even more. All right, last night we got underway. MacArthur FC, Western United, um, a really important game for both these teams. In the end, split, splitting the points 3 all. Well, what a game that was. Yeah. Um, you know, two, two teams that really needed a win and you couldn't have asked for a better spectacle for the opening round of, of the United round. Uh, three all. Uh, the game went both ways. Uh, MacArthur and, and um, looked like they were going to run away with it at one stage and then all of a sudden, they came back and it was goals at the other end. Western United have only won two in 11 before that game and then looked like they were going to snatch the points. But MacArthur, as they have done eight times before this weekend, mm. they scored in the last few 15 minutes of a game to snatch the, a point out of it. And if you couldn't have asked for a better advertisement for the opening game of the, of the weekend for mine. 
and uh, Davala coming up with a hat trick. But Western United, that they must have been shattered. As you said, they've had a they've had a tough season. Sitting at the bottom of the ladder, they had they had three points in their grasp and taken away in the in the last minute. Well, that's it. And there's one man that you don't want to give space and time around the uh, your box is Uli Davila, like you said, and he scored three goals. He's the talisman for Macarthur, and yeah. he was fantastic. He scored the perfect hat trick, right foot, left foot, and a header. Uh, Daniel Pena. Uh, we saw him a couple of years ago with uh, Newcastle Jets light up the league, and yep. he scored a couple of goals, including a screamer. But yeah, look, Johnny Aloisi must have thought, finally, we've picked up another three points to just to get us a little bit closer to those teams further up the table. And it was heartbreak again as they uh, conceded late in the game. But, you know, Western United, they play some really good football, but they just can't seem to pick up the wins at the moment. And MacArthur, they, they can't seem to pick up that win either. Six games without a win, but three draws, though. That means they're still in the mix at the moment in that top six. Yeah, well, they started the season really well, uh, undefeated for quite, a, for quite a while, and then they've just plateaued a little bit. But the important thing, as you mentioned there, is they're not losing these, all of these games. They're mm. just picking up points here and there, which keeps them in touch with those teams above. They have spoke about getting some re- reinforcements in this January transfer window. So if they can do that, plus get a few of the injured players that they've, they've got out back over the course of the next four to six weeks, they could be a real force come towards the end of the season. All right, game number two last night at Combank Stadium. The Western Sydney Wanderers taking on or took on Melbourne City. Another great matchup this one for for round one or weekend one of the um, oh, sorry day one of the Unite round, and uh, and it was the Wanderers in the end who took the points. Yeah, well, this is a big one. Two heavyweights of mm. the of the A League men's um, Western Sydney and, and Melbourne City in third and fourth respectively. Melbourne City had gone six games undefeated. Uh, and were really looking like they were starting to put something together. And they still do going forward. But Western Sydney, they have the best defensive record in the league for a reason because they're well-organised, they're disciplined. They have Marcelo as their talisman, their captain at the back who just dominates that area. And he seems to lift all the other players around him. Young Alex Bonatig, who played next to him at centre-back last night, was immense. Jamie McLaren hardly got a touch. Mm. But that's not just because of those two. It's the, the rest of the, way, the team as well. Their midfield works so hard. Their front, they're pressing from the front and they really def- their defensive unit was fantastic. Melbourne City went to about the 80th minute without getting a shot on goal. Now, not many teams in the last four years or so have done that to Melbourne City, but that just shows what a good defensive unit uh, Western Sydney are. And they got a, a, a 1-0 win. And that puts them in second in the league. And Marco Rodan's just signed a new three-year deal. And, you know, they look like a team that really want to push for trophies this year. And he said that's what he wants. He wants to bring uh, trophies to the West. He's a, he was born and raised in, in the West of Sydney. Uh, and he wants to do that area proud. There's, there's been nothing better in this uh, A-League in, in recent years than seeing a packed out what was Parramatta Stadium, whatever stadium they were in the West, uh, full of of the uh, the red and black fans in full voice. It's great to see them back towards the top of the ladder. It'd be great to see them p- filling that stadium out at Combank again week after week. Yeah, look, I, I was back playing in the days when they first yeah. came into the league and, 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 and it felt like you were in Europe back mm. in, you know, when I was playing over in Europe because the crowds were big, they were all vocal. Um, it was packed out and it really lifted both teams and you saw lots of good games. Now, for a, a number of reasons, a whole heap of factors, that yeah. has... Um, you know, the, the, the numbers have dwindled a little bit, but they're starting to come back. We've had a plus 10,000 for the last few weeks for across the grounds as well for most of the places, including Western Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and the more success that Marco Redan brings to them, the more they're going to entice people to come back. And, and 
even last night, the numbers probably weren't as high as we would have liked, but they were very vocal and they created a really good atmosphere, which is which is only better for the players, which in turn usually brings a better spectacle for the fans as well. All right, two big games last night at Combank. Let's have a look at uh, at tonight's game at, at Allianz Stadium. Central Coast Mariners, last year's champion, yeah. sitting in six at the moment, taking on first-placed Melbourne victory. Assignments don't come much tougher than this one. No, well, what a turnaround for Melbourne Victory. Mm. They were near the bottom of the table last year, all year, and uh, Tony Popovich has sprinkled his magic dust on this team. He hasn't put, brought too many players in, but Bruno Fornaroli, who is away with the Socceroos at the moment, so yep. we'll have to wait and see how that impacts them. But they're at top of the table, undefeated, uh, going against last year's champions, Central Coast Mariners, who have lost their, they lost their first four games in the season and since then have just been on an epic run undefeated. Uh, Mark Jackson has done an, an amazing job with a pretty much whole new squad or half a new squad. Um, they have really hit the, the ground running now. So this should be, uh, I think this could be one of the games of the weekend, really. Two open, attacking, fluid teams um, who are in the best form in the league at the moment. Yeah, you spoke about the Mariners. We talk about the Mariners' start of the season. A lot of question marks around them early after, as you say, the defending champions. What have you seen as the, as the big turnaround for them? Well, it's always going to be difficult. They lost five of their grand final starting team to, to they sold them overseas, which is pretty much the Mariners' model. So they can't complain. They got a lot of money in transfer yeah. fees from that, which which was great. But they also lost Nick Montgomery to their head coach, who took some of his coaching staff as well. So Mark Jackson came in with his coaching staff, uh, who has a very similar philosophy to, to Nick Montgomery anyway. So, but he just needed time to gel these new players. A lot of new players coming in. He needed that time to embed the way he wanted to play, get them to start a work together. And they lost their first four games, but it wasn't like you were, you were saying, oh, my God, they're in trouble. Mm. They played well in every game. They just couldn't quite get the, the win. Yeah. Uh, but now they've, now they've clicked, and they've clicked, and they're playing a really attack, attack, attacking brand of football, which is attractive. And they score goals, and they score goals for fun. One thing for Central Coast Mariners, though, they have lost probably their best influential player going forward in Marco Tulio, who signed in Japan yeah. last week. Um, so that'll be a, a big interest to watch to see how they go without him. All right, mate. We then go to 8 o'clock tonight. Sydney FC in seventh place up against Adelaide United. It's been um, quite the season for Sydney FC already. They've found some form in, uh, in recent weeks. Last time these two teams matched up, I think it was after just after Steve Corrick had departed, and they put a job, oh, they put a score on on Adelaide United. Can they do it again tonight? Well, they certainly have the capabilities to. Um, consistency has been the, the probably the, the key for Sydney. Um, they've got a couple of wins in a row now, but it's been win loss, win loss, loss mm. loss, win win. So there's been no consistency now. Uh, Ukuk Tale's had a little bit of time with the team, similar to what I said about Mark Jackson. He needs a little bit of time to get his style of playing, and I think we're starting to see that. Joe Lolly is one of the most exciting attacking players in the league. Um, he's had more shots than anyone. He's scoring goals. He's creating chances. He's been the standout player for Sydney. Adelaide on the other side um, started like a house on fire. First two games of the season, scored nine goals, and you thought, well, here we go. These guys are going to absolutely blitz it. Well, they've dropped off a cliff since yeah. then. A lot of young players, um, which is always difficult. And Carl Viet just can't seem to find that right formula at the moment. Again, he's talked about maybe bringing new players in, in the January transfer window to bolster their stocks. Viren Kunda, for them, is one of the most exciting young footballers in the country. Uh, he's off to Bayern Munich at the end of the year. So we want to see him 
electrify the league like he has done, uh, but he needs a few players around him to, to, to help him as well. Probably what's also won't help Adelaide United this weekend. It's their third game in nine days. What sort of toll do you think that's going to have on them, particularly if it's still warm at, uh, tonight at Sydney? Well, I think they'll be, they'll be quite happy that they're playing in the later game. Yeah, not the, five, uh, not so the quarter past five bit, one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A little, little bit crueler for them. But yeah, look, uh, in Australia, players aren't really accustomed to playing, you know, games every three or four days. Mm. Over overseas, it's, it's it's pretty much the norm. Yeah. But look, they're professional footballers. Carl Viet will have um, had them, you know, training in respect to that. So he knows, you know, to, to ease off a little bit between games. But that shouldn't be too much of a factor. Um, they're professionals, as professionals, as I say, and, and they'll be looking to try and avenge that hammering that they got against Sydney not long ago. Now you mentioned. Ufuk Talley taking taking the reins at, at Sydney FC and, and putting his mark on the on the game and the style of play. How do you see that style of play that he's sort of instilling in this team that was different under um, under the previous coaching regime? Oh, look, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's different per se too much. Um, look, he he wants to play an aggressive style. He wants his team to press high. He wants a high line. He wants a compact in the midfield so there's no spaces to play through. Um, I think there's been a real emphasis on that and, and getting more, I don't want to just say kilometres out of the players because it just sounds like you're running for running sake, but he yeah. wants them to be more mobile, you know, pressing teams more, putting them under pressure more, winning the ball higher. And then he wants his flair players to do the stuff. And so your Gomez to score goals, your Joe Lolly, your Robbie Max, your Anthony Caceres to really open up the game. Jaden Kaczarski is another young one who, who can do that as well for them. So I think he wants those guys to turn on the, the, the skills and, and show what they can do going forward. Um, you, whenever you watch a Sydney FC game and you see Wilfred Talley on the sideline, he's not one of those coaches that sits there quietly and just watches the game. He's on the sideline <laughs> coaching. He's, he's screaming at them, get up, get up, press, close the space. Yeah. So he, he was re- he's really, at the moment, driving the team to, to play the style that he wants. Yeah. That high-tempo, um, attacking, pressing game. Well, we mentioned earlier on that um, the A-League W playing alongside the uh, the men this weekend. Tomorrow, we've got the Sydney FC women taking on Western United Allianz Stadium. That one's at five. And then Combank tomorrow, Western Sydney Wanderers against Melbourne FC. Two pretty important games with Sydney FC just inside the uh, the top six and Wanderers just, just outside. Yeah, look, um, Sydney got the best defensive record in the league. Look, they've been a powerhouse and, and they are a powerhouse in the women's game as well, as well as the men. They've uh, really got it right at that club. They just had a few injury problems with their goals up front. Western Sydney, they uh, changed their coaching staff right on the eve of the season, uh, which raised a few eyebrows with a few people. But um, but they haven't probably hit the heights they would have liked Western Sydney, but they're there or thereabouts. It's very tight in the Women's League again this year from third or fourth position down to not far off the bottom. So... A win is a really big must in these games to, to give let you jump two or three teams as well. The, uh, let's turn our attention away from our shores at the moment. Of course, the Asian Cup kicking off tonight for the Socceroos over in uh, in Qatar. The Socceroos taking on the 102nd placed India. They are a powerhouse in cricket, maybe not so much in, in football, but um, <laughs> what do we expect up against this Indian side and, and, and how the soccer is shaping up overall, of course, winning the Asian Cup here in, uh, in Sydney in 2015. Yeah, look, but Graham Arnold and his team have set out, obviously, that they want to win Australia, yeah. uh, the, the Asian Cup, but it's going to be difficult. Look, the first game here against India, I don't see that being too much of a problem. I, I, I think that'll be, Australia have 
too much of a difference in class there, mm. and they should be easy winners. Um, then we move on to Syria and Uzbekistan after that. Now, that becomes a different prospect. They're quite difficult. I think you'll see most of these teams try to sit in against Australia and, and be compact and not give them much opportunity and hit on the counter-attack. Um, and I think our games in the group sort of go on, and I don't want to say easiest to hardest, but they'll, they should be more comfortable with India. Then Syria gets a little bit more difficult. And then Uzbekistan will be the tough one in the group that they'll, uh, that, they'll be the, given the sternest test. As far as winning the, Australia, uh, the Asian Cup, there's some stiff competition. The yeah. Japanese, for me, are just unbelievable. They have such a plethora of players across Europe, across Asia, uh, at playing at the top level. Now, if you took the first 11 off the Japanese team and gave them their second 11, I reckon they'd still be the favourites to win it. They have that many yeah. players of quality standard. Um, so I, I can't see... I can't go past Japan winning it. I'd love to see Australia in there in the final and, and cause an upset, but it's going to have to take a monumental effort. But... We saw that in the uh, in the World Cup not long ago when they when they went did us all proud. Doesn't say a lot though about how the game in Asia has continued to improve year on year over the last decade since Australia won it in 2015. Well, yeah. Look, I, I saw someone uh, tweeted something about the uh, the Asian Cup and the the Euros and the, you know the Asian Asian Cup was the the minnow amongst the Euros and the and the African Cup of Nations and the Commonwealth. Well. A lot of people online were pretty quick to jump on and say that in the in the last World Cup, the Asian teams were beating you know, all the some of the top teams in the world and mm. qualifying out of their groups um, to show that you know we're no longer minnows in Asia. Um, yeah. There's a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of time spent to improving, and we're seeing that across the board. And it's not anymore is it just you know one or two or even three teams that oh, they're going to win. It's now t- teams right across the board are going to be very difficult to beat. And, you know, there could be a, a dark horse again that makes it all the way through to the final. Mate, just quickly before you go, um, Matilda's big news this week with, uh, with Sam Kerr, the ACL injury. Is it a case of no Kerr, no Matilda's through to the Olympics? Or have we shown through the, through the World Cup that we've still got plenty of stocks and we can still give this um, Olympic campaign a shake? Yeah, look, Sam is a massive player. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's a, it's a team sport. Yep. You can't rely on one player to, to do everything for you. We're going, to, we're going to miss her massively, and that is a huge loss for Australian football. But, you, you know, you can't rely, as I said, on one player. The, the, there's quality across the board. There's young players coming through. Uh, and I think, you know, if you, if you bank your whole tournament around one player, you're going to struggle because yeah. something like this happens, then you're done. And I don't think the Australian coaching staff, you know, from the senior team all the way through the junior team, do that either. It's great to have these players that are, you know, some of the best in the world, but you can't base everything around them. And they'll be prepared and they'll still want to go uh, as far as they can in the tournament. And we did see at the start of the World Cup that, you know, we lost Sam Kerr early. Of, of course, we got a, at the back end of the uh, of the campaign, but it showed that Tony Gustafsson and the team were able to make those adjustments and still turn in some very, very good performances. That's it. That's it. Uh, like you say, you, you want your best players out there, but you always have to prepare for the worst case scenario that they're not. And you need a well-structured team, well-organised, who are disciplined, uh, and they know their roles. And both on the men's and women's side, we've seen over the past couple of years that uh, they've done that. Maka, you're a legend. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Sports Central this afternoon. I'll see you out at Allianz Stadium tonight. Sounds good, mate. I'll see you there. Good on you. Thanks so much. No worries. Thank you.